Hey everybody, it's Matt. I want to thank you so much for tuning into the Quick Hits episode. Uh, basically, what we're going to be doing the next couple of weeks is uh, featuring the uh, Osmosis 2020 lineup. We're going to do little profiles on each of the uh, teachers here. So I wanted to talk to you about the conference a little bit. They are one of the sponsors for um, this Quick Hits program. Um, they're trying something different, right? Osmosis is going to be set up on Globalcast, which I'm really, really excited about checking out. It's basically a very interactive platform where you're going to be able to interact with the speakers and the vendors. There's going to be lots of demos. There'll be updates. Uh, they've got a Capture the Flag event going on and uh, got a lot of really cool things in store. Uh, if you've never attended an Osmosis event, uh, now is the time to check it out because you can do it from the comforts of your own home. Uh, you don't have to go all the way out to San Diego, so you can at least get a little sneak peek as to what Osmosis is about. I've been going for years. I love it. I love uh, the interaction with uh, some really, really smart people. I mean, uh, the best minds in open source investigations attend these events. So uh, please go check it out. It's uh, goosmosis.com, G-O-dot-osmosis, O-S-M-O-S-I-S-con, C-O-N, dot com, C-O-M. Uh, so please go check it out. We're going to put the information in the show notes. Um, really, really want to check it out. The other sponsor for this program is the Investigators Toolbox. That is a resource community for private investigators. It's um, networking. Uh, there's continuing education webinars. Uh, Cynthia has uh, contributed content. Kirby Plissis has also contributed content. You can go check that site out. So uh, there's networking. There's education and there's resources. We've got over 100 OSINT uh, resources plugged into that site. You can check that out at www.investigators-toolbox.com. Please go check it out. There is a, um, a special uh, going on right now to join. For a limited time, you can get a reduced fee. So, okay, so we're going to uh, jump in with today's guest, and uh, I thank everybody for tuning in. And uh, without further ado, welcome to Quick Hits. Welcome to the Osmosis 2020 Quick Hits segment. For the next weeks, we'll be giving you some behind-the-scenes content with conference speakers. This week, we have John Pizzurro. John has 24 years serving as the commander of a Regional Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force for the New Jersey State Police. John currently oversees 70 law enforcement agencies comprised of over 200 people. John infuses neuroscience and research with real-world experience to get some amazing results. John's osmosis topic is social engineering. Our sponsors today are OsmosisCon 2020 and TheInvestigatorsToolbox.com. So let's welcome John and your host, Private Investigator Matt Spare. And hello, everybody. Welcome to the next Quick Hits episode, uh, the Osmosis feature. So today we are here with John Pizzurro. John is one of the featured speakers at the Osmosis Conference. He covers neurolinguistics, which is really, really interesting, something very cool. So we're going to dig into that right now. So John, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, thanks for having me. Good. Thanks for being a part of the show here. So uh, tell me a little bit about your background. So uh, I'm in my 24th year. So the last 24 years I've worked for the New Jersey State Police, but everything in investigations, from organized crime to uh, international narcotics, from homicide to corruption, uh, to uh, right now uh, some cyber aspects. I, I am the commander of the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. So over the last 24 years, I've spent investigating. I've been able to, you know, find some things that worked, 
that I'm able to share with other people uh, over the course of those 24 years. Uh, during that time, I actually started developing a background in neuroscience. My, my thing was to find how people work. And in order to do that, you have to not just investigate, but just find out what people are about. And that has been, it has served me well during my investigative career. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really interesting to, um, to go down that line and, and you've, you've parlayed it into some really admirable work here, right? So you're doing a lot of work, uh, with crimes against children. Uh, you're, you're part of a task force, correct? Correct. So we're one of 61 task forces throughout the United States and, uh, we protect children online. And today the online world has exploded as everyone knows. Right. And with that, we are spending more and more time on devices. So the way our brain works and the way technology has impacted us has allowed some people to go undetected and uh, use different types of means. And it's not just, you know, from the cyber aspect where we're looking at, for example, malware, but it's the social engineering aspect of what happens, the cognitive functions of how people fall prey to certain uh, schemes over and over again. Right. And that's, that's actually the, the topic that you're going to be covering here, social engineering um, at osmosis. Tell, yes. tell me a little bit about the objectives. What, what exactly is your, um, you're talking to be about? What happens is, and this is what, what I'm going to go into, is I'm going to go into how your brain actually works and how your amygdala, the little component in your brain, gets hijacked. See, what people don't realize in the NLP world uh, or neuro-linguistic programming is that people unintentionally do this, but the reason it works is that like a predator or let's say someone who's out a uh, criminal uh, mindset which match certain words and sensory language with the people that they target. Right. And with that, when that sensory language is matched, it kind of builds a rapport because the other person sees, well, this person's just like me, I'm right. trusting, right. lets their guard down, and it makes it very easy for someone taking advantage of someone to do so. Hindsight, from an investigation standpoint, that we can use those same techniques on criminals and people that we're investigating to unwittingly get the information that we need. Right. And that's kind of what the social engineering aspect that I'm going to talk about uh, osmosis will be about. So it sounds like you're breaking down exactly how the Jedi mind trick works. That, that is amazing. Yes. Over the course of my career, I did a lot of prospective wiretaps, consensuals, recordings. So, what I'm giving you is I'm giving you not just my experience, but how it ties in to the actual science of what happens to us. Right. And I think what people don't realize today is that there's an inherent trust uh, for technology. So because we are using our phones and our devices from the safety of our own houses, we automatically are going to trust a little bit more because our guard is down. Right. If you go to a crime-ridden area, for example, your guard is up. Right. But most of all these conversations happen in a safe environment. And that's why it's easy for someone who's scheming to take advantage of other individuals. That is amazing. That's really, really fascinating. 
Um, I, I just, you know, I, I keep thinking about to catch a predator, right? <laughs> I mean, that's how it all, that's how it all started, right? <laughs> that all, uh, that whole background. Um, yeah. And it, it's, it is crazy now with social media and, and how you're seeing things. I mean, obviously the, I, I think the Jeffrey Epstein thing kind of pushed everything off and brought it to the, the forefront of, of the news. But I mean, it's, it's been around for a long time, you know, these things, uh, you know, child trafficking and, and all that. It's, it's not a new issue, so, right? No. And, and with that, I'm on, um, I'm on the dark net and I'm on tour a lot. Right. And there's all different types of communities on there. So the thing is with Tor, and I, and I know a lot of people want to investigate Tor and they want to talk about the dark net. We can get limited information. And as most people know, your IP address is hidden. Uh, it's a great anonymizer. So what I use is the people person skills. It's the soft skills that are going to yield the information that you need from someone. Right. And I think that's what is being lost today with technology. And the other other thing is, is that I can't rely on technology to give me the information I need. So I'm going to have to use other types of skills in order from an investigation standpoint for people to tell me things that they normally wouldn't tell me. Right. And I think that's what serves uh, especially investigators well uh, that are trying to track down information. You can have conversations with people, but I think we're so sometimes scared of the things that we don't know. And it's practice. You know, you, you learn a couple techniques and you go out there and use it and practice. So experience is really your best teacher. So would you say a majority of the work that you do is online? Like, do you have that per, you know, person-to-person interaction like where they're right in front of you or, or do you just everything is typically done online? Well, right now, a lot of it is done online. The majority of it is because that's where everyone is. Right. In the child trafficking aspect or tour of the predators, that's where they are. Right. Uh, they're not going to a park. They're, they're on tour. They're in communities on tour. And they are using that, you know, to, just to be anonymized as best as possible. So right. no matter where you are today from an investigation standpoint, you have an online footprint, even though people don't realize that. And I think there's a lot of tools out there. And this is why, you know, osmosis is great because it gives people the ability to use other type of tools because you have to go and use where the people you're investigating are. And right now everything is predominantly online. Yeah. I mean, you got to stay on top of technology, right? If they're, if they're migrating over to somewhere else, you need to know where they're migrating to. And, uh, you know, it, it, the meeting of the minds here, right? So you bring up a good point. So with osmosis, yeah. it's the best of the best that are coming here, right? And, and, and there is that social function to it where you're interacting with, with other like-minded people and it, it's almost like a thought tank, right? These are the thought leaders and they're bouncing ideas off one another. Now, granted, we're not going to have that in person, right? Just maybe next year we'll be back in San Diego. But there still is on the platform they've got here the ability to interact with one another, which is pretty cool. I know my friends list in, in the osmosis is starting to bump up, so I'm feeling pretty good <laughs> that people are, are actually accepting my friend requests. Yeah, and like I said, you know, technology, it, it, it beckons people. It serves up the next thing, and people trust in, in that because, again, you know, from what I was talking about just a little bit earlier is that they're in a safe space. But I think investigators need to capitalize on that and then try different techniques. Um, and sometimes we don't want to try things that we don't know uh, right. that we're afraid of. But I think trying different things and keeping up on things, that's where it's really imperative. I've always preached, you know, from an investigative standpoint is right on the edge, looking for what's next, 
the next technique? How are we going to look a year from now, two years from now? Right, right. So let me ask you then, someone who does your line of work, somebody who's maybe training under you or, or is interested in getting into doing this type of work, like what type of characteristic would that investigator have? Well, it starts with mindset. And this is what I tell everyone. I have uh, 200 people on my task force. So there's a growth mindset and a fixed mindset, right? So a growth mindset is, you know, failure is okay. I mean, when you fall down, you just have to get up. The idea is that you want someone who is going to look at new things and try new things, but it's okay if it doesn't work. So I think that growth mindset, if you're always growing, you're not dying, right? right? So that's one of the most important characteristics that, and what I like to say is, um, being relentless. You just have to keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. Those two techniques, if you're open and you can grow and you're willing to just keep trying and doing it over and over again, those characteristics, uh, nine times out of 10 will uh, bear a lot of fruit. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So like, what are some of the things, I mean, you've been 24 years, you said you were doing this, right? So um, what are some of the changes that you've seen within those 24 years that, uh, you know, you've seen in this industry and, and where do you think it's going in the f- near future? Well, we'll start with technical. Obviously the biggest thing is technology. I right think on. when I first started, there were, um, we were trying to wiretap pay phones and clone pagers and, right. <laughs> you know, different types of investigative techniques. The good old days, you know, yes. <laughs> talk to someone now, what's a pay phone? Or a exactly. Pay phone? <laughs> um, but I, but you know what hasn't changed? It's the behavior. Right. The behavior has been, the, the behavior is been there ever, ever since. You, you know, I started is that people will take advantage of people that they believe they can take advantage of. Mm-hmm. So that's where it really starts. And sometimes it's, um, that, that, uh, mindset, so to speak, or, or that ability to look into how people are doing things in order for that, for you to catch them. Now, in a homicide, for example, you have a passion homicide. That's just emotion. But when you're talking, for example, when I investigated uh, like the Genevieve's crime family, you're talking about a whole crime syndicate, so to speak, that everyone had different places and that's how they made the money. So that's more in a scheming aspect. But again, it's how they go about doing their business. And you know, understanding how people do things will give you the ability to uh, figure out on what to do. Well, you know, it's funny you, you're talking about the Genovese uh, crime family. I, I recently watched uh, Fear City on, uh, or I'm in the middle of it actually on, on Netflix. I don't know if you had a chance to check it out, but they're interviewing these these monsters and and, and they're talking about you know us versus them, and and they knew they were out there, and that that, that cockiness and that that behavior, that sociopath behavior <laughs> that you're talking about, uh, it's amazing absolutely amazing the whole cat and mouse game uh it's it's definitely a really cool documentary especially if you're from the new york area and you're of a certain age you can appreciate uh, when all that stuff was going on and and you know when rico came in and kind of cleared everything out um yeah and 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 you're talking go back to the penny stock schemes to um uh, uh gas where they're trying to skim you know a penny a penny or two off uh gas taxes right 
So you're looking at any avenue that's going to help you make money. And and I think that's important for investigators to understand is you have to understand where that person's coming from and how he's going about doing it. I think a lot of times we just want to follow the breadcrumbs, but we don't want to look from a different perception point. I think looking from various perception points will actually aid you in big cases. Yeah. They're criminals in all different aspects, right? There's the, the street guys and the white collar, they're everywhere. Uh, and, but they all apparently think the same, right? <laughs> they all have that, that yeah. psychological, uh, psychological background, which is really, uh, really neat. I teach cognitive interviews. And I think that's the soft skill too, that people don't realize is that you can actually get a lot of information out of people, but all you have to do is ask and listen. And I think that Sometimes investigators are so busy trying to check the boxes and get the information that they need that they're not listening to different cues. So I think right. that's that's another important part too. You know, you you bring up a really great point. Folks that that rush through an interview, it's such a huge mistake. Um, you know, there was one guy, uh, a guy named John Hoda, who's a really good interview. A guy's been around for a long time, and he has a a, a DVD on on um, you know taking witness statements and giving techniques. And one of the things he talks about is taking the statement. Right. And then closing the book and having like a five minute conversation with the person you just interviewed. And psychologically, they're seeing the pen is down and the paper is down. And you just start to continue to talk about whatever it was you were talking about. And often you're you're able to develop more information and you go, "Uh, do you mind if I make a little amendment to what we just talked about? Because it's really important for the case. And he said that's a really great technique because you're you're essentially relaxing the person now. Uh, they feel like the interview is over and maybe now they're being a little more forthright because they feel like they're done, right? So that's like one of those techniques that you either have it or you don't, right? You shouldn't push yeah. through and rush and sometimes taking your time and doing stuff like that. It's a great, Well, great what, happens is, what happens is, is that people don't understand what rapport really is. People right. think that if I like the New York Giants and you like the New York Giants, we have rapport and I just talk about the New York Giants. It doesn't work like that. Right. Psychologically, neurologically, there's, 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 and that's a whole different podcast. Sure. But, you know, there's there's a whole way to get rapport and build that. And your tone and your questioning, it's like a negotiation. And and by using different words, and this is where linguistics helps, because uh, people have different meanings for different words. But by changing the word you use, even though it's you know it's kind of has the same meaning, right. will change the meaning for someone else, and more likely have people. Uh, give you more information. And, right. that, and that's what I'll talk about yeah. in the social engineering aspect. Yeah. I mean, it, it all translates, right? All these social skills that we're talking about, obviously they translate online because you're having these conversations online. And, and I would argue it's even more important because you're not having that face to face. So creating that rapport, you know, it's going to help you get one step closer to what you're trying to, to accomplish. Yeah. And you're talking, when you're talking online and you're just talking words, words is 7% communication. So right. you're missing 93%. Right. I mean, wow. 38 stone tonality and 55% is, uh, you know, just other nonverbal body language. So right. you're, you're missing a lot. You're missing a lot of stuff unless you're Skyping, which usually doesn't happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> and you're only getting from the head up anyways, right? You're looking at someone's nostrils. like <laughs> Yeah. Uh, most of the time. Um, um, and they oh, don't have pants on. Right? And they don't have I pants know, on, I... apparently, even the lawyers. Uh, <laughs> so, John, if you weren't doing this fascinating stuff, what do you think you would be doing? For me, I, probably I'd be in the CIA or I'd probably be in, uh, you know, a prosecuting attorney. So I think those are the two things that I would probably 
probably be. So kind of still in this field, but not necessarily the exact thing that I'm doing. Something a little different. Okay. Well, great, man. So, hey, listen, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, obviously, folks can find you within the Osmosis community um, on Globalcast. So you're definitely on there. But if somebody wanted to get a hold of you the conventional way, how would they go about getting a hold of you? Best way, email is uh, johnpizzoro at gmail.com. It's my full name, J-O-H-N-P-I-Z-Z-U-R-O at gmail.com. Okay, perfect. Hey, thank you so much for your time, John. I appreciate it. I uh, want to thank everybody for tuning in as well. Uh, we're going to continue to have these quick hits episodes leading up to the Osmosis Con in October. We'll have our regular PI Perspectives episode on Monday. So hope everybody enjoyed this. Hope you're uh, getting one step closer to registering for this conference. It's going to be amazing. You can do it from uh, from the comforts of your own home. You can do it pantsless, apparently. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, no one's going to see you. So, John, thank you uh, again so much for taking the time. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much, Matt. Thanks for joining us for this quick hit segment. We thank John for checking in. What a fascinating topic. John has developed a real-world explanation for the Jedi mind trick. Folks, you don't want to miss this conference. You can review all the content from your desk at home. There's so many great things lined up. Go to osmosiscon.com for more details. Also, be sure to check out investigators-toolbox.com. That's investigators-toolbox.com for some great benefits from Cynthia and her team, exclusive only for Toolbox members. Thanks for tuning in and check out the next regular episode on Monday. I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs>